You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. Happy summer. Greg Hectus. Hey, everyone. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. And special guest, Landon Castle. Hey, guys. I appreciate the casual setting. All right. Well, you're a casual guy, so you're perfect. Uh, Thanks for coming, Landon. Uh, I was telling the guys uh, real quick how you and I initially met uh, way back in, I think it was 2013 at Phoenix, and we had a tweet-up before tweet-up was a thing. Uh, I think yeah. I met with you and Spinowitz and somebody else at a Burger King, and uh, you bought me breakfast. So, oh, well, you're welcome. That's awesome. That was yeah. maybe 2012. I think that was 2012, wasn't it? That we did that. You were with Burger King. That's why we <clears> met <throat> there. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, I love Phoenix. That's a great city. Actually, my parents, uh, my sister is living right living there right now, but. Um, great racetrack, great times. So I'm glad we're reunited. All right. Well, very good. Uh, we're happy to have you on the show. So let's get right into it. We're going to ask you the same questions we ask every guest on the show. Uh, when did you first hear the word iRacing and what did you do about it? Um, Ooh, that's a great question to open with. Um, I probably first were the, her first heard the word iRacing on uh, 2008 maybe uh from dale jr who kind of told me what what was being built and what was going on and got me involved into it um i was uh i I wouldn't say i was a veteran or a serious nr2k3 racer but i did when i was a kid Um, i raced all the nascar racing games as a kid and nr2k3 took me through high school it took me um you know that was obviously the best platform i didn't do too much online racing i played it as a game more than anything but once i got into nascar racing in real world um i was connected with hendrick motorsports and um and dale jr hooked me up with iRacing, and that's how i got started and actually in 2008 i um he came to me and said hey we're building a truck um and i know you're racing a truck for randy moss motorsports right now is there anything you can help us with uh we're trying to collect some data on these trucks and what they need to be built like um so i was able to round up all of the wind tunnel data and all of our setup data and everything um for the truck that the truck team that i was racing with at the time um hopefully the statute of limitations are expired and i don't get anybody in trouble but pretty much gave them the entire notebook well, very good. We're we're pleased to have that. Those trucks are still in heavy use today. So yeah, it's um, one of the best cars on the platform, best vehicles. Exactly, and so uh, glad to have Randy Moss and uh, Motorsports to help with that. Uh, what other racing do you do uh, on other sims, if any, is or is it just iRacing? You know, right now I'm just on iRacing. Um, 
I have F1 2019 downloaded. Uh, I just haven't really messed with it. Um, and other than that, it's it's just iRacing. I I've <clears throat> it's not for many reasons other than it's a bandwidth issue. You know, I only have so many hours in the day, and I love uh, um, I love streaming. Um, I love putting on events. You know, we've had the LCQC, um, and I have plenty of visions for things we can do. Um, yeah, I guess actually my chat just reminded me that Nasty Car is is a is a great sim racing platform that I participate in. So I racing in Nasty Car. That's about it. Okay. Well, you guys, there you are go. you familiar with Nasty Car? No, I'm not. Oh, it's <clears throat> it's great. It's a it's a good flash game. Um, you know, you just need your left and right directional arrows on your keyboard and it's a drafting game well good i'm i'm good at drafting so we'll check that out for sure all right let's keep moving um i'm going to jump to what kind of hardware you have a lot of people want to know like the wheels the pedals uh shifter uh vr monitors uh mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah so i have um <clears throat> i'm kind of on a borrowed rig at the moment actually and and i have to give it back soon so There'll be some interesting content coming out of my stream in the next couple of weeks because I'll be building a rig and and I kind of plan on streaming that and showing that to my viewers that whole process. So right now I'm I'm using a rig from Carolina Simworks. Uh, Casey's been a good friend of mine for several years now, and when when we when the Pro Invitational series started up um, eight weeks ago, um, I called him up and I was like, man, I, I really want to use one of your rigs for this for this um series and uh and so he set me up uh with a rig that that had an owner and the owner said hey yeah let's let landon use it and so um it's got a semi cube wheel um the the computer is got all the horsepower you need um an i9 um 2080 graphics card I, i'm kind of gonna rattle off some numbers that i really don't know because <laughs> i'm not a computer hardware guy um the the pedals are <clears throat> I, I don't know exactly what they are but they're the the Tilton hydraulic um, brake pedal system it's three pedals um, they're they're really good the feel is very realistic um, you, you know with these Tilton pedals so I'm really happy with those um, I run triple monitors um, I would love to have VR I I feel like uh, I feel like VR is actually something that would be more realistic um i would like to be able to turn my head and look at the car next to me or 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 look up to look at my mirror um but it's not totally practical for streaming so um so i stick with the triple monitors here and i have a fourth monitor that's above my uh, my triple monitor setup so i can manage my stream and i can manage the telemetry and things like that um and then i keep uh two little carts that have three tiers to them they got they the carts have wheels on them so they roll around i keep my snacks and other things on them um uh like i said i have a semi cube wheel and i i have a M mpi nascar style wheel attached to that and a and casey has a really nice dashboard with all the buttons and everything so it, it's a very nascar style looking dash uh, but <clears throat> as i upgrade well i say upgrade um, as i give back my sim rig um, and build one for myself. Um, I definitely plan on either having a SimuCube wheel. I know uh, VRS Virtual Racing School 
Um, they've we've talked about them providing a wheel um, because they've got a, some new hardware coming out that's going to be really nice. And I'd like to get some more vehicle specific steering wheels because I like to. I've dabbled in some road racing. I ran the Nurburgring 24, so I'd like to have um, um, an LMP wheel. Um, I don't know about a formula wheel, but I'd like to have an LMP wheel and a GT wheel. So thinking about getting something like that. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, yeah, those rigs you're talking about, the Carolina, it, those are like the big heavy tube ones. They're rock solid with no movement. Yeah, he, he's got a really nice frame. And then I think he's he's really iterated his technology um, over time. Um, so the frame that I'm in, I think, is is actually one of his older versions um he's kind of showed me some of his aluminum profile um frames that he's um that he has designed so i i really think those aluminum profile frames are really cool because they look like they have a lot of adjustability in them um and and they're extremely modular so um i ultimately it's for me now that i've streamed so much on twitch um and i'm constantly trying to make content i want to race and race well but i also really like the community that i'm building um, I, I want to kind of build my sim setup in a way that the camera angles and the lighting and everything um, can can kind of show off, you know, all of the equipment and um, and you know keep a good conversation going, really. Right, and have a good spon uh, sponsored uh, backdrop, which you did very well with. Let's jump around. Right. I'm going to talk about uh, the Pro Invitational a little bit and how that kind of started. Um, tell us when how you first learned of that series uh that week as we were headed to atlanta to race uh and how did you uh, get involved initially um you were like you know hands up uh, pick me right <laughs> yeah well i didn't even know what it, I, I didn't know anything about it until i was contacted um so um i drove down to atlanta because i was anticipating driving um that weekend and stayed uh stayed at a holiday inn and woke up the next morning and i and i knew when i drove down to atlanta that that it just didn't feel right um this a lot of stuff was happening the president had just addressed the country in regards to coronavirus um and you know you could tell by the way that nascar didn't really make a decision quick enough on what was happening with the racing that, that something weird was going on but um had to get to atlanta um, practice was going to be the next morning, so drove down there, checked into my hotel, stayed overnight, woke up the next morning, and, and obviously um, they the sport had made a decision um, to postpone the race and the next weekend's race. And so it was by the time I had gotten home from Atlanta, I had a message from, from Dale Jr. who who had said, you know, hey, we're looking at putting together some races with all real drivers on iRacing. Uh, would you be in and i was like absolutely yeah definitely and uh shortly after that steve myers sent me a text message and and said the same thing and said he didn't have any details working on putting it on fox um it's all coming together together really quick but as long as i know you're in um that's all i need to know and i was like that's that's fine with me so from that point forward i was i was locked in and um and had my invitation to the pro invitational Right, and had some really good runs, too, um, as you went through the various races. I think at some point, though, during the, the process, didn't you have to, like, race your way into the main event? And you actually did. I remember watching that. Yeah, I, I did. So 
um, <clears throat> you know, iRacing started the Pro Invitational Series really with not knowing who would actually show up to run it. Um, and so they invited a handful of people that were near and dear to the platform um, that they knew they could rely on. And, and I think, you know, I was one of those one of those drivers, Parker Kligerman, um, Bobby Labani, Dale Jr. You know, these are all guys that have been extremely loyal and committed to the platform. And so um, they knew they could rely on us. We filled in four spots. Uh, they were worried that they couldn't fill out the field. Well, it, it didn't take long for iRacing and Fox and NASCAR to realize that um, there was a ton of excitement around this and that everybody wanted to be involved. And so they, they quickly went from, you know, a, not sure how many people would show up to now they've got more interested people um, than, than they have spots available. So um, they kind of had to restructure like who their invitations were for Richmond. And, and they asked um, Dale and I and Bobby to race our way into the field. So we did it and uh, we all made it into the race. And that was, that was a good thing. Uh, my sponsor liked that blue emu. Um, you know, picked them up literally because of the Pro Invitational Series and because of iRacing. And so we all worked together. And uh, from that point forward, iRacing kind of stuck with their invitation list and, and we were in for the rest of the races. Yeah, pressure was on and you and you did it. Uh, let, let's kind of go talk about the Blue Emu. There were different levels of seriousness taken amongst the drivers, I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, some with shenanigans, you know, hitting each other, protestable offenses, actually. And others mm -hmm. that were there to win, like you, who were taking it serious. Uh, you were one of the first to craft up the plugging of the sponsors on the on the stream. Uh, and, and then the thing with the emu, uh, you know, you pick them up and, and, the, and the fans saw that. And then uh, it just kind of took off after that. Yeah, I mean, I, I so going into the Texas, the second race, um, I was contacted by NASCAR uh, for one of their official partners, uh, Blue Emu, and and they expressed to me, that, and I had a call with Blue Emu, and they said, look, we, we want to double down during this time. We feel like a lot of people are going to take a step back. We want to jump on this opportunity. Um, how can we get involved? And I just said, look, I have no idea what all this is worth and what we're doing, but here's what I'm doing. You know, I'm streaming, I'm making content. Um, I've I've hired um, people that have recently been laid off to come make help me make content um, because this is kind of a unique opportunity for me. So I kind of wanted to pay it forward at the time. And I said, you know, this is my plan for the rest of the Pro Invitational Series. And they were like, okay, sign us up. Let's do this. And so we partnered together and we, you know, as far as the in, in-car backdrop, we built this backdrop with their branding on it, which is really cool because I'm literally in my basement and it's unfinished and it's not very pretty. Um, so there's not a lot of depth. It's just this backdrop. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I treated it like a real sponsorship because in my opinion, it is, um, you know, this is a company that is very serious about NASCAR. Um, they're, they're very serious about their official status with NASCAR. They, they, um, advertise on, uh, the broadcast. So, you know, the, the race, um, actually in Charlotte is probably going on right now or just about to start. You'll probably see, be, see some blue new branding on the broadcast. Um, and, and they want to see themselves on a race car at some point. So, um, those are all things that we kind of have 
worked on together. But really the biggest thing that Blue Emu did for me was just elevate my community and my my Twitch stream and my chat. You know, they come in and they participate and they comment and they donate subs. And it's it's built a lot of strength there and, and for that audience. So uh, they've uh, they've they've been a great partner and 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 I think they've got their money's worth for sure um, in the entire industry and 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 it's kind of paved the way for me to just make things make events and make content you know do things like the LCQC um, you know aside from just streaming and branding myself but actually projecting content into the to the community. Yeah, so let's get into that. I was calling you on Twitter, Mr. iRacing, because it's not just the Pro Invitational. Um, you stepped out and did that Monza event, kind of last minute, spur of the moment. At the right, it was the right time, the right idea at the right time, and and everybody was watching it. All the NASCAR was watching it. It was just like one of the NASCAR events, as far as I was concerned. But uh, boy, tell us about that a little bit, and then the ten thousand hot lap channel challenge. Yeah, so Monza was really cool because, um, you know, iRacing, um, iRacing and Fox, um, you know, they they definitely I think they would have put on a pro invitational race um, on Easter weekend, and um, there was a there was several drivers, several people that would have supported that, um, and and we talked about it, and and ultimately, you know, I think that the, the off weekend needed just to stay the off weekend, and so it remained. And so there was kind of a gap in in time there. And on my stream, we had been doing these funny races at Monza where we were running the COT and we were running cup cars with no damage and 30 lap races. And it was just, it was just hilarious and, and a blast. And, um, and so I said, you know what, let's, let's, let's just reach out to these, these guys, these drivers that were willing to race. Everybody's going to be at home. It was still, everybody was still fully quarantined. Um, let's let's capture an audience and and do a race and um i called nascar and i just said hey i want to put on this race do you you know do you want to put it on your platforms and they were like no brainer let's do it and and so um i invited a bunch of people you know at monza oval you can have a 62 car starting grid um and so we started inviting people and it took a couple days for me to get some traction um, but by like Saturday night and then Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, we were promoting it properly with a, um, some really cool video content. And um, and then I was inundated with requests. But by that point, I had a number of indie drivers, indie car drivers committed. Um, I had some drag racers like Ron Caps committed to the race, um, like big names. It was really kind of an incredible collection of drivers that were committed to doing the race. And so we put it on and had great viewership and it was a huge success. Um, and, and then, um, you know, that was kind of like the start of my promoter role, I guess. And it went well. And from a fan's perspective, a race fan to see that kind of group put together, like you said, the Ron caps and the IndyCar mm -hmm. drivers and the various people you had all running this crazy mm -hmm. oval, and then the broadcast was kind of crazy because the cars were skipping at the beginning because there were so many of them. Right. Uh, but it but it was fun and it was kind of fun to see what happened. Yeah, it really was, and and so I you know really enjoyed that. It was fun to see a fun race. 
um, but also promoted a, a really serious event. And and I mean, as serious of, of an event as you could promote, uh, which was the reboot of the LCQC. Um, nine years ago, I put up my own money, wanted to see a hot lap challenge. I wanted to see the best on the platform go at it, uh, but not in a qualifying session, but in a in a single lap NASCAR style, wait your turn, um, one lap for all the money type session. And so this time I was able to get the support of Select Blinds um, and Blue Emu and Radius. And we had a almost a $15,000 purse. It was $10,000 to win. We started with over 200 drivers. We had like 220 drivers. So we had to have a qualifying night where we had prelim sessions and narrowed the field down to 40 guys. And and then it was it was one at a time. And um, and it was it's all about the pressure and it was all about you know sort of icing the kicker. I made I made the drivers get into the session almost 45 minutes before the first car would roll. Um, and I made them sit there and just sit there while the broadcast aired and we we did a pre-show. Um, they weren't allowed to make any laps. They if if they left the session, they would get disqualified. Um, and and I had really strict rules for the pit exit. You know, they weren't allowed to scrub their tires. I was watching their steering wheels. Like all of this was very strict, you know, because I wanted to see the speed on the racetrack. And um, and so it was it was uh, it was really fun. And, and a lot of the drivers, um, you know, cracked under pressure and a lot of them stood up to it. Number one, you know, Eddie Kerner, he, he's a, a road to pro driver, 19 years old. Um, he won the 10 grand over all of the Coke series pro drivers. And and he did it under pressure when when a lot of guys were complaining, thinking the track was losing speed and all this stuff. He went out and stuck it to him and won 10 grand. So that was an incredible event. Um, it was a lot of fun. And out of the three LCQC events that I've done, um, we've had triple digit entries in all of them. We've had literally almost the entire Coca-Cola Pro Series field enter in all of them, but we've never had a Coca-Cola Series driver win one. Um, so it's it's really interesting. A lot of people get discouraged, like, oh, the pros are just going to mop the floor on us. Uh, but, you know, Kenny Humpy won the second one. Uh, Jason Loping won the first one. Kenny Humpy won the second one before he was a pro driver. And now Eddie Kerner won um, the third one. So that's a great big event. And I, and I learned through all of this that that um, my stream fans, you know, the people on iRacing, the community, uh, there's a lot of leagues out there. There's a lot of single night events, but uh, but there's not a lot of big events. And so... Um, I like those big events, and I feel like I want to put on more of them. Well, you're doing a great job at it, Landon. Uh, you've built this community around your Twitch uh, pretty much overnight. I mean, most iRacers out there who's trying to build a, a Twitch community, it takes years to get numbers that you've gotten uh, so quickly. But obviously, you're a, a NASCAR driver, and that obviously helps a little mm -hmm. bit. I want to yeah. wrap up uh, with the final question uh, that we usually ask people. Um, what is the most memorable iRacing moment you've ever had? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know, memorable moment. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like the moments that I've had in these events that I've put on have, have been the most memorable. Um, you know, spending time, 
um, with the LCQC and just promoting the event and and having um, you know having uh, uh, so many competitors sign up and narrow down to a field of drivers and so many different types of drivers like the coca-cola series drivers that are in the field the road to pro drivers but we had a driver in the field that was on a controller aj henderson i mean you know watching him put up his lap to get into the lcqc main event and then and then hold up to you know the last few groups of drivers <laughs> um and make the top 40 uh, he's the controller king on iRacing. So, I mean, like, those are the memorable moments that I felt like I lived for in those promoted events. Um, you know, we ran the 24 hours of Nürburgring with myself, Parker Kligerman, Gareth Smithley, Byron Daly, a four-driver team. We ran 24 hours. Joshua Mendoza was our team principal. I think he was awake for 22 of the 24 hours. Uh, we streamed the whole thing. So my stream was on for, like, 26 hours. It was incredible. So, uh it's just been a great time, and and you know I I couldn't have done this if it weren't for being in quarantine and having the free time to do it all. Um, so you know I feel like that paved the way to now say, okay, we did a bunch of different stuff in the last eight weeks. What can we do in the future? You know, how can we build this to to really entertain people and to capture a great audience? We do have Le Mans coming up here in in just a few weeks. Le Mans. That's right. We do have Le Mans, and um, I can tell you I have more laps at Le Mans than I did at Nürburgring, so I would love to run the 24-hour there. I do know that it's on a weekend, and now that NASCAR is back to real racing, um, I don't know what my availability is to do the 24-hour, so I will if I can. I can promise you that, but um, but really, for me, it's like, what, what kind of content can I put out? You know, I love streaming, and I love being in front of the camera, um, but I don't, I don't want it to be all about me you know i i would love to be in front of the camera a couple days a week but uh but three or four other days a week we're we're making content that really includes the entire community very cool so one more quick one is what as an i racer what is coronavirus what is it it's been a horrible thing for the world but what has it done for iRacing? It's been a godsend. I mean, the the way the numbers of subscribers have gone up, the exposure with the Pro Invitational. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, what kind of job you think Steve Myers and his team have done? I mean, I think they've done a wonderful job. Um, iRacing, I think they've, since since their inception, they've always prioritized the product, you know, the on-track product. Um, they've, they've always wanted to make sure that they have the, the best simulator out there, the, the most realistic cars out there. And I think they've done a good job at that. Um, and so, you know, it's not, it's not easy to, um, to balance all of the requests that you get when it comes to interface and user experience and, and tools and, um, features. And I feel like they've had to you know they've done a good job of of balancing that over the decade that they've been in business so um you know this quarantine was a lot of work for them they put on a lot of events obviously the pro invitational series was was kind of led the charge but you know you got to understand that they put on nascar events imsa events indycar events rallycross events 
dirt track racing events and they still you know at the end of this season here in the next week they're gonna they're gonna provide to you guys new cars new tracks new features that you've all been asking for so um it's been uh it's it's been a whirlwind whirlwind for them i think they've done a wonderful job and i'm happy to have been a part of it biggest build ever we're going to spend the next hour talking about it (laughs) that's great landing castle thank you so much for coming on uh, the show and telling us about your iRacing experience uh, in the last few months and uh you're welcome back anytime man just let us know yeah thanks a lot thanks for reaching out and um i'd be glad to come back on the show and appreciate the casual setting hey then before you go i don't know if uh our painter bobby jonas uh brought back some memories i don't know if you saw that i put the two images in the document here if you can see them but apparently he he painted two cars for you as uh back in your asa days oh let's see this here of the 2005 Landon Castle ASA late model. Oh, wow. That is a blast from the past right there. Let me zoom in on this because I'm streaming right now. I'm trying to remember. Did we? I don't know if I actually ever raced that car. I know Bobby was saying that. Got he painted. Submitted it. Yeah. I, I don't know the I'm, whole story behind it all, but. I remember that paint scheme. I don't think I actually ever raced it. I'm trying to remember if I did, but I know I raced it. A little bright. Yeah, it's super bright. Um, What a great car. That's awesome. Yeah, I I remember. I I know I've seen it. So, yeah, I just don't think I raced it, but I do remember the paint scheme. That's that's awesome. Tell him thank you. Cool. Yeah, he's one of our guys. Well, if Bobby wants to make a late model um, on iRacing or anybody on my stream that's looking at this right now wants to recreate it for Bobby. Um, maybe I'll put a blue emu on it and make it my iRacing scheme for my super late models. And Bobby will probably jump on that tomorrow. Yeah, Bobby there you go, will probably Bobby. have it done. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, cool, cool. All right, let's jump into topics. Normally we talk about Coke racing, but they actually rescheduled it because of the NASCAR schedule, uh, it appears. So they basically had, ex- you know, from the May 25th through May 31st, an event lined up every night by moving the Coke series to Friday, it, it kind of worked out. So on the 25th, they had Xfinity, the next day trucks, the next day cup, next day uh, it was the NASCAR heat. Then it was going to be the Coke series Friday and then Xfinity Saturday and then so on to Bristol. And so uh, they moved it from the normal Tuesday to now Friday. So we'll be talking to Evan next week about the race that happens Friday during the NIS race. I'll have to uh, watch it later, I guess. And then, David, what's uh, next up on topic? Well, most of us don't run fix anymore, but uh, it's still a really good opportunity for people who don't feel comfortable tweaking setups or, and don't have access to, a, to somebody who can help them work on them. Uh, so this is a poll thrown up on the forums that says, do you, what do you think of the setup? And it basically said, too loose, too tight and a couple of other options and then there gets to be there's a continuous debate because every time you somebody says something like this somebody else will say well go run open setup um the overwhelming majority voted for too tight 81 percent too tight uh and you're always going to be on the tight side when you build a fixed setup 
because you got to have it. I mean, just look how much we have to change our sets that we make for NIS because I run it looser than just about anybody. Um, and it, I, if it's tight, I can adjust. I, you just have to get on the gas later. If it's loose, you wreck. Yeah, and I think that's what they're trying to flirt with right here. They're not, they don't want to go the other way and, and then the fix series is just going to become a prop, bigger problem. You can drive a tighter race car than you can a looser one, right? True. But I just think maybe it's gone too far. It's gone too tight. Maybe they need to find a little more middle ground. Well, I think it, oops, sorry, Chris, but some of those uh, fixed sets are still based off of all the horsepower they used to have too, right? I don't know how much they've changed them, but these cars don't have the horsepower to turn them with the rear tires anymore. You, you, you need the aerodynamics, and I just don't, I think they've fallen behind on that. Well, I think the tire model has something to do with it, too, because it's made those tight setups that much more punishing because you have that tight setup, and then you cook that right front, and then you have a car that pushes worse than any dump truck ever, you know, 20 laps into a run. You can't drive them the same, and if you do, then you're going to be in for a long, long race. I jumped in a random hosted race two nights ago, three nights ago, and Dale Jr. was in there with Kevin Interelli, the track designer. Uh, and Tim Duggar was the host, the country music star. Uh, anyway, uh, we were doing super late models at Kansas with a fixed setup. And uh, at the end of the race, Kevin and Dale were talking about how bad the setup was. That man, they really need to work on that. And Kevin agreed. It was pretty darn tight. Yeah, Dale won that race, by the way. And I got to push Tim for a little while. It was pretty fun. Chris, we got a poster about, I guess, uh, the new cars. Yeah, it's a, a pretty neat um, poster that uh, I recently put up on their Instagram. It was made by uh, member Simon Povey, but it, it basically looks like the old Days of Thunder poster, but it says Kamer instead of Cruise at the top, and it has a 1987 Ford Thunderbird Chevy Monte Carlo NASCAR Legends coming to June. Is that, diary scene in June. Is that Kamer's face? Yeah. <laughs> they did a pretty good job of making them. <laughs> Looks like Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's not. I have that poster in my house. <laughs> I had to look over. I was like, that's, 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 that's not Cruise. That's pretty good. I hope they took the time to actually print the poster and hang it in David's office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they need to get it right on that special poster paper and everything. Maybe even a little frame, you know, and then hang a nail and let's let's hang it up in there. So Dave Kamer is constantly reminded that he is legend. Okay, Tony, it's finally here. Introducing Tire Limit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to jump into my own reality for just a quick second and uh, think that they... Um, you know, read my survey that I filled out for him and listened to the podcast, got this idea and said, man, we got to make this guy happy and uh, brought it out. Although you got that um, done in seven days, seven days. That's right. So everybody that wanted this, you're welcome. And then anybody that didn't, <laughs> sorry, but we're getting it. Um, yeah, we, we, everybody's been uh, asking for this for, for quite some time. So um it was a nice little surprise, but we knew we were going to get it eventually. I mean, you, you squawk enough, you're going to get it, right? But it's it's coming now. It's uh, 
it's not for all the cars um but uh i believe it's uh trucks and down on the oval side maybe it is only oval i don't know if on roadside they have tire limits um just a slow rollout to, to get things started work out any bugs or anything like that but this will uh this will be good this will be really really good greg does indy have tire limits because i know most of the sports cars don't really tear up tires no, Indy has compounds. They have two compounds. They have the red and the blacks. And it's the same with like F1 had different compounds. Um, I don't think there's any sports car series. I could be wrong, but I don't think there's any sports car series that have limits. Because um, obviously they don't use very many tires in a set of 24 hours in the mall or anything like that. Well, we've triple standard tires before in, in some of those events ourselves. Well, isn't the 24 hours of Le Mans, don't they base it on your foot, your eco footprint too? Like they try and that's one of the things they used to chase was the least amount of tires is like the least carbon footprint. And there used to be points for that. I don't know about that. Uh, I think this is oval only, by the way. Another a note was they have a, uh, where they keep track of left and right. So like if you take, if you have two sets of tires left and you take rights, then next time you have, you know, only one set of rights and two lefts to take. I just, I, I, I love this idea. This has been something I've been wanted for a while. Obviously they're not rolling it up for the series. That's going to be the one that we really want to use it on, but I could just see with the way that they've made it, like you just, talking there mike about counting and figuring which side it's got i can just see the the coding nightmare that this might be and the problems that might come from it yeah I, this part really isn't in place because like like you said it's limited for c and down at one set right so it's not like you're just gonna take less and then rights and you know lefts again and so forth yeah but they'll eventually roll it out you know probably we probably won't see it in NIS till, till next season. I would have to imagine. Um, but it's coming. It, it is coming. And so, you know, like even for like NIS, they're going to, um, you know, for the full length races, they're going to use the same thing that the real guys use, but for the rest of the races that we run, they'll just, they'll cut that, that normal number, just cut it in half and rock and roll. Well, and like you said, the, they're going to get all the bugs out. Cause I have a feeling this is kind of a test for, Obviously, the eNASCAR series as well, too, right? Right. I would think so. So if they use NASCAR's number, like if I think NASCAR comes to Phoenix, they get 22 sets. And then so when we run Phoenix, they'll give us 11. Do you think that'll no, be enough? No, that's 22 sets for a whole weekend, though, isn't it? They, yeah, that's true. They split true. them up over practice. Like I, yeah. I think the 600... They only had 11 sets. I want to say it was 11 sets for the 600 they were talking about the other night, um, if I remember correctly. So what's fair? One less, you know, for practice? or They're saying the practices and qualifying don't count. So, like, if they had 11 sets for the race... You get 11 gonna, for the race. They'll probably give you 11 for the 600 next year. Could you imagine, you know, when they when they open up and you can, uh, you know, you log in, register for the race, you jump in like a half an hour of practice, you have a really bad practice, you burn up all your tires and you got nothing for the race. Well, and that's, I don't, you know, that would be interesting to try and if, if, if the, because obviously the, I'd be practice, cold. The practices are only three minutes, right? Like they're talking yeah, about, I'm, they're I'm talking about tires from practice. Mike. 
that would just <laughs> that would discourage practice as well. We don't need to do that. Yeah, we really shouldn't be going with. It. But you shouldn't be. People are going to be make you know if that would ever got they'd have to extend the practice in the race server, and then you'd have to be practicing on the same set of tires. So there'd have to be an option when you get out of the car. It doesn't add new tires to the car type thing, right? Okay, so. 11 sets, let's just say that, and then 25 cautions. So normally we pit on most of those 25 cautions. So how is it going to change how we race? I mean, you're not going to pit half the time the caution comes out. I was going to say, if it doesn't happen before then, this is going to be Tony's propellant out of bottom split because <laughs> you can so you can already use, once this comes out, you'll be already be able to use it and host it. So I'm sure, and Tony's going to be racing... Uh, old bastards next season when the trucks and so they'll probably have it in that truck series he'll be used to it and then so come when they roll it out for nis there's gonna be guys that use up their tires halfway through the race because they don't pay attention and he's gonna be laughing guys like it's the second half of the race well you also need to be careful you know when you're coming up on a wreck if you lock up tires things like that you're you're just taking more and more out of those tires each time so you know, yeah, you could be two laps on the on the on the track, and then if you had a huge lockup trying to avoid a wreck, or you went sideways, you know, do you get tires? Or knowing you could be running out of tires, you just forget to yeah. uncheck the box is the problem. There's gonna be so many people that come are so used to coming down pit road so many times in those NIS races, they'll just forget and accidentally take them, and then they're gone. Yeah, oh. if you go into a slide, you can really mess those tires up. Uh, I went, I, w I got into a slide today avoiding something. Uh, and I could not get the car. My right rear was so upset. I couldn't get, get going back straight and went a lap down just cause I kept spinning out trying to get the car moving forward. Well, we were kind of having a discussion about this on the aftermath last week. And I had mentioned that, you know, we're, we're almost kind of being a little conditioned for this right now. Um, personally anyways, you know, when you get a few like, uh, cautions, within a few laps of each other. Um, I find myself not coming down to get new tires because, um, you know, my tire, I just kind of broke in my tires and they're just starting to work really, really well for me. So I want to stay out and take advantage of all that. Now, you know, 15, 20 laps is a different story, but you know, five laps out on most of the time, I'm not coming in to switch them out. But is some of that mentality too, is we don't, we've noticed the further back we're getting the, more that you're getting involved into right so some of that's kind of just saying you know i want to stay out of that crap that's going on behind us but the other thing that i we were i was reading about this is that it's not like you can go back to a scuff set when you're out of tires you're out of tires too so if you act like even what chris said if you accidentally kept it on for one of those pit stops and you didn't want to take tires you lose that set you're out of sets then then what? You're going to be running the race and hopefully don't blow right front or. Now, pretend there's circus music behind what I'm saying. So we run the NIS race and there's all these cautions and different, different things and people are pitting and everybody runs out of tires and there's like 80 to go. And there's still more cautions. And then on these restarts, nobody can get going because everybody's on shit tires. I imagine that's how it's going to be. But I think you're overthinking it, Mike, because every time you've had like a negative thought about this, I think that it, all it's just going to do is people are just going to be out there on older tires and they're going to either, either going to have to learn to adapt to drive that way, or you're right, they're going to have accidents and people are going to get pissed off and things are going to happen. But 
you, you're going to have to adapt to it because you technically don't need to have tires every time that we go and get tires. Everybody just does because they're free. But if right, you have gonna to be start, breaking that habit. If you had to start using, you know, strategy and figuring, okay, you know, we got fifty or we got sixty to go and or seventy to go and I only got sixty laps worth of fuel and I got one set of tires left and a caution comes up before you have uh, enough fuel to finish the race, what do you do? Type thing, right? Do you stay out for another run? Do you, and that, and then come down. Like there's all kinds of different things you gotta figure out. And it's just part of the strategy that they're putting in your hands in and maybe making it's probably going to make some people winners that don't have cars that are capable of winning. They just can, you know, have better strategy. It's going to bring more people, maybe have a more diverse amount of winners too. Okay. Let's talk uh, open wheel oval cars. So, uh, the iRacing Twitter page was going crazy this week, and one of the videos they posted was for their new two open wheel, um, I guess, step up cars that they're bringing in. So the USF 2000 and the Indy Pro 2000 are coming uh, in the build. And this is a nice little video showing the cars off um, and how they, uh, um, you know, how much horsepower they have. Um, how much they weigh and just a quick drive around uh um showing showing the cars off so it was a nice video to see um and then they were talking um also in this from uh the actual forums greg west posted that um the vehicles will both be separate purchases purchases but if you've purchased the pro mazda in the last two years you'll get the indy pro 2000 at no additional cost because it's going to replace the pro um in 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 the in their series so um if you've got it in the last two years uh you can uh they had the pro mazda in last year you get that indy pro 2000 so i'm guessing are they gonna that pro mazda is it gonna be archived that or is it gonna be one of those yeah ones and then um they also put another video up on their youtube page um of the onboard uh the indy pro at Bell, uh, Bell Isle, Detroit, and then the other one was uh, the onboard is was at uh, World Technologies Raceway, Worldwide Technologies Raceway. Um, nice onboard videos, uh, like they always do here. They do a great job of showing off what they're bringing out. I'm interested in these cars. I think I want to get one um, and do some Milwaukee. They're just they're just a very uh, they're a, a stepping stone. Obviously, they're, it sounds like they're kind of creating a series tier now to get into the IndyCar series. I don't know if they're creating something for down the road um, for a pro series or something like that, but they're at least getting stepping stones now to make your way up, right? Right. Because if you think about it, yeah, there wasn't really those that ladder there, but now there is, so that's cool. Uh, next up, we got a... Uh, tweet from uh, chase elliott uh during the week uh that he was going to run the truck race with uh, gms racing and i racing colors uh boy what do you guys think of the paint job that he uh put out on twitter uh a few days ago before the race even happened another great paint job i think uh brian simpson at i racing is the one doing these well he was 
definitely got enough airtime this weekend or this week. So um, it was it's it's really good to see that colors out there on the track and seeing iRacing kind of reinvesting and kind of putting their brand out there because obviously now they're in their they're they're in NASCAR's you know they're working with NASCAR on things and people now can associate what is iRacing they well they've seen what iRacing is and now if you see it on a car it's just extra advertising out there for it it was more yeah. good timing for them for that advertising too if that happened to be <laughs> the the winner of that um the bounty extra bounty yeah i wouldn't have been watching that race if it wasn't it was the bounty. awesome so let's kind of jump while we're on the topic let's talk about steve meyer's money bags so during the truck race, Chase Elliott, it was looking really good in the iRacing colors. So it was Ty Majeski also in the iRacing colors. And uh, he started getting on Twitter saying, hey, uh, I'm going to put up uh, a premium membership to iRacing to some lucky fans who retweet this tweet. And so uh, I got in on the action. Did you guys do this as well? Oh, yeah. I retweeted it. Yep, sure did. <laughs> and that's why I was watching the race. See, they feed each other. So he called it a VIP account, and it's basically an iRacing membership with 2,200 iRacing credits. So that's basically, I'm guessing 2,200 credits is to buy. They've, it, they've calculated the out. That's everything. And more, probably. Maybe that VIP thing number moves the more they add to the content. I don't know. I I think it's the content and more. They give them money for hosted and stuff like that. It's pretty first, cool. First time I've seen them do that, like giveaway like that. Um. In general, right? Like you know, they don't they don't give it away that easy, um, like that. Well, it's a big milestone as a company who's doing marketing in NASCAR. Hey, you're a sponsor in NASCAR, and you just won a truck race as the primary sponsor. That's a big step. Not to mention they're probably doing pretty well financially right now. Well, and I think it's money well spent if you think about it. Marketing is always, uh, you know, money well spent because it always comes back uh, twofold. You know, Tony, ladies, start your engine. Yeah, we got a, a couple of different things to talk about here. Um, the first one, uh, actually, one of them's already happened. It's um, the Better Half Invitational, and it's a it's a charity race. Uh, don't know what the charity is, but um, it's as the the ladies of IndyCar are were racing each other. I guess it was just this past Saturday for. For charity and they uh they were able to rack up a few dollars for um too many clicks here uh it was Riley a hell of Children. a race i watched it actually tony okay okay i saw that there was a video there um but i didn't have a chance to to take a peek at it um i just did wanted to point out that they were able to raise over forty six hundred dollars for uh riley's riley children's um not uh familiar with that charity but um anything for charity is good good stuff but uh mike give us a little bit of the, the 411 on that race well first i want to talk a little bit about before the race leading up to the race i follow tony canon the indycar driver on uh 
Instagram and he does Instagram stories. And if you follow him every morning, he gets up, he gets up at 5 a.m. and he gets on a fake uh, bicycle and he motorbikes 100 miles or something, you know, for like three hours uh, every day, every single day. And his wife, Lauren, does the same thing, but she does the treadmill. So she gets up at 5 a.m. and she she'll run for two hours just to get before her day started. So she's a beast, like a total beast. So anyway, when she got invited to do this iRacing thing, she took over Tony's rig and Tony was doing the Instagram stories of her practicing at uh, the track they ran as well as Indy. And she was in the, Tony was like, she's been in it seven hours straight. She hasn't even got up to go to the bathroom. So she was taking it very seriously, and she actually won the race. Uh, she was the winner of the – they actually had two events, two races, and she ran the – she won the second one and almost won the first one, but uh, very competitive. And it was fun to watch because you had Emma Dick Dixon, you had Becky Hinchcliffe, and you had, you know, uh, Lauren Kanaan all mixing it up, and, and the announcers were like, it's Kanaan and Dixon fighting it for the lead, and it's just like a real IndyCar race. I'm sorry, but the first thing I got to that they're advertising for it uh, on Twitter here with their it, the images, the hand drawn images is the funniest thing that uh, uh, you see this on the one page, Mike. The cartoon images, yeah, it's yeah. so awesome. Oh, and Tony uh, Riley's a children's hospital. I actually had to go there when I was a kid. I my mom was making fried chicken, and I pulled the pan down on my head. So anyway, the racing was great. Uh, Explains a lot. Yeah. I think she was trying to get rid of it. She makes really good fried chicken. I think it was a booby trap. I think it was on purpose. I think she was trying to get rid of me. I was, in, I was impressed <laughs> for a bunch of wives, driver wives, and how well they did. I mean, there were some incidents, but overall, they put on a good show. I was, I was actually, you know, impressed. I wasn't bored with it at all. Oh, that's that's awesome. It's uh, that's nice to see. I, I didn't even realize like there there was a race um, until I was uh, going through the script a little earlier this week. And uh, I was like, well, wow, this is this is just too funny. We got, you know, two stories in in a week on both sides of the spectrum. So the second one is over on the oval side and um, a bunch of the iRacers, you know, a bunch of various iRacers wives all decided to get uh, get together and create their own Facebook group um, called the iRacing Wives. And, uh, you know, they were just chit-chatting about different things, kind of introducing themselves. And um, they decided, like, well, hey, we, we need to start racing. And uh, so they set themselves up a, a race for them. And that's not happening for a couple of weeks yet. But uh, I know they've been... Uh, you know, putting up practice rooms, um, I think every night this week so far, um, my wife had joined up and she saw, she's like, Oh yeah, I'm all in. So she jumped in, she's been on, uh, practicing with some of the ladies. Um, they're, uh, they're keeping it simple. It's just going to be, uh, the stock cars at, uh, sorry, the street stocks at Charlotte, uh, you know, fixed setup, And, uh, they're going to do, um, uh, heat racing and with a 50 lap main they're um they're collecting two dollars for an entry fee top three will uh win the money so how's lisa doing are you predicting like a a, a victory or is she just going to bring home the steering wheel 
Uh, she's got some she's got some chops she she could teach me a thing or two about holding the line <laughs> you just need to tell her the story about Kanan's wife and say you got to get on it you have to get up at 5 a.m and train <laughs> yeah yeah well i know she uh she definitely would love to be able to put more time in than than she has um uh she's a she's a very busy lady so she uh She'll able to get into one this week, and I'm sure she'll get into another one or two next week if they if they continue having the uh, the nightly practice sessions. But um, from what I've seen out there, I was watching her go, and and her and another lady were were back and forth for oh for quite a few laps. They were just having a lot of fun. She's just I was in the other room, and I can just hear all this giggling. I come in, and they're passing each other, and you know doing it very clean too. So um, that'll be a fun race to watch. It'll be re- really neat to see how that goes out. And, yeah. You think she's a busy lady. Really, she's doing, like, secret sim practice time that you don't know about, practicing up so she could whoop you. <laughs> well, that's but... it. She's probably calling in sick to work or something while, uh, while I'm at work so she can get some seat time in. Yeah, yep. Yeah, then when the sim cave is up and running with both the rigs, yeah, she'll show you. Oh, I expect that. I expect that. I'm gonna give her the, you know, the, the crappier computer, so maybe she'll have some leg or something. <laughs> and I'll have a chance. I went to this Facebook group to see what the, was going on, but it's like closed, closed for business. It's only for women, I guess, or you have to be a, a member. Uh, I believe it is just strictly women in that group. Okay, so if you have a wife, get her involved. Could be fun. David, we got Mario on Andretti on iRacing. Yeah, he confirmed on Twitter that he will be participating in a in Indianapolis race. I don't remember the specific race. It was a, but it's it's a it's a race at Indy that's going to have some of the a lot of the other big names in it as well. And one of the exciting the Legends Cup there, is it the Legends Cup? Okay, uh, what was pretty neat about it is seeing people like Juan Pablo and Frank Heady, uh saying that they're super excited to get to race with the legend and i mean you know you can relate with them because that's how we feel when we get to race with them so it's it's a pretty cool event and it's another one of the neat things that iRacing brings in is the ability for people who aren't safe in a real car anymore to jump into iRacing and still get that competitive buzz i'd like to go find this and ghost it man you think about it you got emerson fittipaldi frankiti castro nevis montoya Gilda Farron. Wow, what a name. Jensen list. Button from that Formula One. Wow. That is something. I, I need to find that broadcast and watch it. Next up, we have some more information about the uh, 87 NASCAR uh, coming out next week. The three uh, Dale Earnhardt car. So Kevin Inarelli, I butcher his name every time. Uh, he put up a nice Twitter this week of a photo. Uh, he said, when scanning the three car, we found this document in the trunk of the car. Reading at the time made me appreciate the significance this car played in Dale's storied career. And if you look at it, it says appraised value, $450. It's RCR, chassis number five. And it said, starts life as the number three Wrangler in 87 and was a workhorse during RCR's championship run that year. It won four out of six races. It was run in 87 and finished second in the other two. 
Its final victory was April 89 at North Wilkesboro. It was the first NASCAR Winston Cup race that radial tires were ever used. It ran 15 races from 87 to 89, won six, and finished every race in the top 10. One of RCR's best cars ever. That car's average finish is in like the five, fifth position with between the two seasons. Isn't it like gold? I mean, if you ever wanted a, an, an, an oval car to scan, if you could just pick one out of history, this has got to be it. Well, this would be the probably their one of the most expensive cars that they probably have in their thing. Like I know it's a praise value there, but what it actually would go for in an auction would be ridiculous. That's an appraised value, I think. At time, it was back in '87, not now. I know, but I'm just saying, like it would go for even whatever it got appraised at, it'd be probably way above that in value. But the to have a, a 66% winning ratio in one season. Yeah. And then Don Mosley Twittered a video of the same car that he got on video uh, when he was at the Hall of Fame. And uh, he some nice close-ups of the dash, and he walks around it uh, and shows uh, some of the damage on the right front and so forth. And those cars are so nice just because it's an actual looking car you know it's it's i don't know i wish it would have been obviously 87 i was born that year so i wasn't into racing yet but man that was that would have been a time to watch about three billion you cut out there a little bit mike how about the uh video though they put out um so we haven't talked about this but when it came out, guys, this is classic because they put up the uh, footage of the old car and then footage of the iRacing car, you know, one after the other. And uh, it's kind of hard to tell them apart kind of thing. Well, and that that video is probably the, one of their best things they've produced, uh, you know, to promote this. They put the most effort into it. There's the most... Uh, you know the most footage that of caught like footage from that they would have to work with other broadcasts to to use that footage whoever had the rights to it like it's so well done and I almost and going tried over, and going over the history what the the famous pass in the grass that wasn't a pass all right those transitions were absolutely flawless i mean it, <laughs> that was like the most amazing part of that whole video. There's a couple of really nice, you know, transmissions, especially though the pass in the grass and like frame for frame. Like it's just, it is that, that money, man, that, that video was money. Yeah. I think when we put it in a thread, everybody was like, Whoa, that was cool. I have a feeling. Um, I know we talked about this, the I would guess that the next car that they're going to be clamoring for, if these things are such a hit, um, what was the other cars that raced? Pontiac. Was it a Pontiac? A Buick. They're going to and a Buick. They're going to try and find those. I bet you those get scanned pretty quickly, if uh, you know if they can find them in in, in a decent shape to, to take to take a scan of. And then look at the two thirty mark uh, blowovers confirmed. 
a tally. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to be Get fun. that car backwards. There's no roof flaps or hood flaps like a modern car. Well, so Landon's... the air gets under it. Boom, you're over. What's that giant track? The one we were talking about earlier with Landon that he was having that race on? Monza. Monza. Yeah, Monza. Monza. Yeah. yeah. New car for Monza. <laughs> I just... How... What's the over-under of how many servers on the day of for Talladega and Daytona they're going to be open with this car in it? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love the end, too, where they do uh, credits, you know, special thanks. NASCAR, the Elliott family, Coors, you know, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, all these different people who made the, the, the scanning of these cars possible. And uh, apparently they left off a couple names on the video. I saw on Twitter uh, they were remorsing that they left off uh, Kelly Earnhardt as one of the people to thank. Apparently she was involved. Uh, anything to do with Dale, Kelly's got her, she's part of too, right? <laughs> she's basically his business manager, yeah? Yeah. I love the video. I, I can't tell you guys, like you said, uh, whoever said, this is their best work. I mean... We're all really clamoring for this car, but the video is as well well done as the car is. I mean, it, the way they transitioned the footage from the old stuff to the new stuff, it was just amazing. They definitely know how to get the hype machine going. They know they're they're hitting on all cylinders with their marketing programs. All right, and then Greg, three billion is coming soon. So. It took four years to go from one mil one billion to two billion, and now we're in. That was in 2018. Was at two billion mark, and we're in 2020 here, and we're gonna hit the three billion mark easily. Um, laps. That yeah, three billion laps. Like, it's not far off if you think about it. Like, it's we're about 35 million away. That's only. A, I, I don't know. I'm thinking it's probably only a couple weeks. Month it seems like we just hit a billion. When was it? When was it we hit a billion? It, it doesn't seem like it was that 20, long ago. 2014. 20. So 2014 was 1 billion laps. 2018 was 2 billion. And then now in 2020, they're going to hit 3 billion. So if you're following, like obviously we've gotten an influx and a lot of extra, um, you know, people now like in this series so or in here. So do you think within a year they're going to start going billion by billion per year it's going up exponentially i mean that's what, what the, the trend is four years for the second billion and then two years for the third like i could see them easily from you know what they hit midsummer here if we hit it before midsummer here by next summer, I could see them being around four billion if they still keep the amount of people that we have on this service. Big numbers. All right, let's keep moving. Chris, we have a leap season. Yeah, so I guess uh, so. This is a, a leap year, apparently. I didn't realize that. I guess my my uncle aged another year this year, but because of that, um, next season is going to have a week thirteen built into it. So we will have a 13-week regular season and then a week 14 that's going to have all the craziness in it. <laughs> that's going to screw everybody up. Oh, hey, yeah. Week, thir Boy, week 13. Mike, I don't know. We might, Mike we might just fall I don't understand him. why, but... Yeah, he, he gets messed up when we 
screw up his his time by like an hour. Like he might right. we might lose him if we he's go gonna, an extra weekend. He's gonna log into NAS and just start wrecking everybody, thinking it's unofficial. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, like, it really shouldn't affect you much, honestly. With like, so this will only really affect the the normal twelve week seasons that'll now be thirteen. But yeah, the NIS doesn't really apply. So yeah, Mike doesn't run any of those thir- their twelve week series, so he should be okay. I might though with this new car coming out. That's a you know, that's going to be the interesting thing here. So they're going to have a new series with that, and I I, I think that's going to be. I wonder what that's going to do to other series popularity. Well, we'll talk. We have a story about that later. So let's keep moving. Greg, uh, Ty Vajeski wins in the iRacing Colors. Um, where was the track? I'm just trying to... Um, it's called the so, Rattler 250. Oh, so he won at Charlotte, the Rattler 250 here. Um, and he's just posting up on his, uh, tw- on his Twitter. Um, had great moment. Or he's a winner. Hell yeah, he said, great moment heading into Charlotte Motor Speed. Tuesday night is our iRacing Team Chevy. So, obviously, he's got the iRacing colors on the car like normal and, you know, took another win. So, great job for a tie. He's always uh, always promoting iRacing very well, and uh, he's a great racer. He had some moments during the truck race where he looked like he was going to win, but it wasn't near the end of the race. Uh, he, he was kind of falling back near the end, but uh, I was, for a minute there, I was freaking out. I thought he was going to do it. I know uh, that the Radler 250 wasn't at Charlotte then, I'm guessing, right? It's some short track. I don't know. Yeah, it, was a show. it must be in that area. Okay, Tony, we got another hype video, this time Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's got a rescan is that <laughs> is this one coming in the uh, in the new build i believe it is yep. yeah yeah now <laughs> i watched the video and everything but i'll be honest guys i don't really know what's changed so I, that's what i was out. thinking no i couldn't figure it out either well isn't this the track that the reason the pj1 exists besides the short tracks like this track because it was a one groove smooth it's all smooth and the biggest graphical change is obviously the green wall because of the sponsorship for it, but they it got repaved, and Kentucky's really, really, really smooth. It's a one-groove track. Yeah, repave. And oh. if you look at the corners, there's like a dark strip along the bottom groove. I don't think I remember seeing that before. So it's subtle, Tony. You have to kind of look for it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I, this isn't... This is not one of those tracks that I run a, a whole lot. I've been there a couple of times, but um, yeah, it's it not enough. To... Ra- it only has one race a year, so obviously we don't do it very often, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's not a very popular one that guys will put up in the in the hosted or you know anything like that. So, um, but if it's those subtle changes, yeah, that would be why it would be pretty easy to miss. But hey, it's a rescan, and uh, right on. New stuff is always good. Okay, let's keep moving. Um... Mrs. Dave Cam is on YouTube and uh, got her own YouTube channel. So we had Dave Cam on our show before, and he's a popular iRacer from the UK uh, who's done some videos for iRacing, and he has a popular community on his Twitch and YouTube. But his wife, who uh, we talked about before, 
a few shows ago had the COVID. She's a nurse, actually, and she actually had the COVID. Well, guess what? She started uh, iRacing, and uh, she managed to complete her first race, and she streamed it. And I actually sat down and watched it, and she wasn't bad. Uh, and uh, Dave's got some competition. She's got the right sponsored shirt on there for uh, dealing with iRacing, eh? With the Coke, yeah. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Okay. David, uh, we got some more uh, world, real-world uh, crossover here. Bad well, we news. Got some, more, some more bad news and somebody basically uh, shooting their career in the foot with actions. And, and this one, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's foot, but this one is is intentionally fraudulent, which puts it on the uh, – it makes it for me the worst one. Uh, former, 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 I guess you could say, Formula E driver Daniel Abt, Abbott. It's just ABT Abbott. He he uh, paid somebody else to race as him in a charity race. It wasn't i racing. It was a sim race, but it wasn't i racing. But they figured it out and uh, they called him on it and. Uh, he admitted it, and he's now lost his freaking job. Audi fired him. And um, just uh, additional information to go with that, there was we have a forum thread uh, asking about if iRacing can track your driver's IP, and the answer is yes. Um, they can know they can know where you're racing from. Uh, they can't. The only thing they can't do is tell who's sitting in the seat. But if you are racing from Arkansas all the time and then suddenly you're racing from India, they're going to know it's not the same person. Yeah. And they also talk in the thread about they can track hardware IDs like your motherboard serial can be given, I think, and things your, uh, like that. Your net your network adapter has what's called a your Mac neck. address. Right. Yeah, right. You're, you're, they always have a Mac address on them. And that's that's a serial number for the network card basically that goes out on the internet right so there's ways that they can do it so it's not a good idea this poor sap he just lost his freaking job because of it yeah well you can't really feel sorry for him when you know that's one of the most blatant and intentional things you can do is you know try and get somebody else to do something to be you know fraudulent right Okay, now in the interest of time, I'm going to skip around. We're going to jump to release notes uh, for beta. Uh, they had the beta release uh, put out. Now, nobody notices it because there's no downtime when they do the beta, uh, but they fixed some various things. And, you know, I'm not going to go through all that stuff. Uh, they also put out that next week is our week 13, that the uh, big build will be deployed. Um, uh, soon, Tuesday. Um, they also put out on the front page of members.iracing.com, if you look there, some highlights of the content that's going to be put out. And I think we kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think we were talking in the thread too. Guys, this is probably the biggest build ever. We got six new cars. We got the 87 cars. There's some track updates. The damage model is coming to the ovals, and they're including multi-threading support for that. So it's not going to the new damage model is going to start is going to be a little bit more efficient on your higher end multi-core CPUs. 
could that also they're, they're trying this multi-core stuff because of um the they can only render so, so many different brands of cars on it so they're trying to go to different cores to get it to be able to have more um what is it seven or six now is the max cars in a, like a series different series but anyways that's what i'm saying is like they're they're doing this so that they can have different manufacturers and have maybe more they're rendered. Doing it, they're doing it so they can just have more powerful everything. I mean, not taking advantage of the hyper-threading technology places limits on what, what the SIM can do. And so the more the more they can incorporate it, uh, the better off it'll be. I mean, Bobby told me to turn hyper-threading off on my PC to, to make... Uh, to improve my FPS and it actually improved the, the FPS number for iRacing, but Oculus Rift software doesn't like that so well. So I would have really jumpy images, even, even though it was having trouble tracking basically. Uh, so the more, the more hyper threading they can, the more, the more models they can do, the more graphic detail you can put in and the higher settings people can run on the same computer, hopefully. I think the big thing that jumps out at me here is the damage model on the A car is here. Next week, we're going to have it. Yeah, and there's, it, you know, I was talking about it. I'm excited. There's a new audio um, build coming out, too. So it looks like over the next couple builds here, they're going to start playing around with new updates to audio and things like that, which will, you know, immerse us even more into the sim, right? It's, oh, I think so, it's coming out next week. It's yeah, uh, the X the, audio. No, that's had, what I'm saying. Like they're going to keep doing over the next couple builds. When the um, new damage model came out for the K and N car, it came with new sounds, and I'm guessing it's probably the same sounds, but they're really good. Like it's more sheet metal crunchier, if that's a word. But yeah, right. between that and the hood flying up. <laughs> Here's a new one, guys. Let's take that one. A lot of hoods flying up. It's actually easier to drive with the hood up in your face than what you think it is. It's a, as long as you're on the oval and the track's curving around. I was going to uh, say, try doing that at the bad. oval. Yeah, it'd be bad on the road course. Well, if you are if you got VR, you can just hang your head out the window. Yeah, yeah, you really can. You can lean over some. <laughs> Only a little, though, because it, it, it limits you. How yeah, far you can yep. lean over. Okay. Um, and then, in the interest of time, I'm going to jump to... There's new car templates for all those cars we've talked about are out for painting. So Bobby, our painter, has been real busy uh, trying to get us set up for next week. Uh, but if you guys want to get a head start, the paints are available. Uh, let's go into uh, housekeeping. Um, really nothing extra this week except uh, we do appreciate listener uh, listeners sending content in by email at iracerslounge at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on the Performance Motorsports Network. And with that, uh, hardware software, I think we're actually going to skip that in the interest of time and go straight into Fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. Tony. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. And uh, well, I tell you, that was... Um another kind of crazy week and um hope everybody got their picks in for uh tonight's race it looks like currently we're under a rain delay um you know after being uh bumped from yesterday but uh let's look 
seeing some movement here on on the overall league standings um i know uh myself i was able to bump up a spot i i i hit some picks but i i threw some big guns for for that race there and uh it kind of paid off in my favor i hope it doesn't uh hurt me down the line but uh quick run through of the top 10 um just in time still in first i'm following second place gi jojo's in third laird racing Kerry Seal uh, rounds out top five in six is T Bob 14, Stephen Lou Allen, Smiling Ninja, Jedi McFly, and TD EWR is, uh, is your top 10 as of this week, as of Sunday's race. Um, Mike, I, uh, I noticed you still haven't filled in that, that one pick. You're, you're leaving points at the line, my friend. I can't keep up. There's races every freaking night now. It's crazy. My wife wanted me to point out that she is beating you now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my fan, I, I can't keep up. The once a week kind of worked, but when we're on two, three times a week, it's crazy. Look who's out of the bottom. Well, you see that. Now you're uh, climbing the ladder. <laughs> I, 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 heard, I heard you guys talking crap last week. I'm still like three races behind, so. He said that. I'm like, I keep scrolling and scrolling. I was like, oh, it's still really close to the bottom. <laughs> Tony, can you add drop weeks? No, there's there's no drop weeks. If they're racing, um, it's counting. So it's 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 a full run. Um, the the differences that happen is like your your ten race or your ten driver limit um, is is only for the regular season. So once the playoff happens, you get. Um, uh it the, the format changes slightly and i'll talk uh, more about that um as we get closer to the playoffs but those those 10 picks for each driver only um is only for the regular season i didn't realize that i felt like i was chewing through drivers real quickly there so now we can use up them a little bit more than i thought i might have to there you go all right get on that fantasy guys let's talk uh results uh Let's start with NASCAR iRacing Series. Let's finish up at Charlotte. Thursday fixed. Tom. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Tom Dryling ran uh, fixed. He got P10. He said one word, survival. He got into a couple incidents, and because 600 miles wasn't enough, it was a green-white checker finish. He said, I'll take the P10 for a fixed race. And then Friday, open, David, P2. I almost won this one. I passed the leader on the outside. I had the car really tightened up for the short for a short run. I think we had an 11 lap run. But on the penultimate lap, I stuck it, stayed in the throttle just a little too much and scraped the wall, giving him just enough of a break in my momentum to get back by. And um, I passed, we crossed the finish line with me on his basically left or right rear quarter panel. It was a fun race though. It was nice finally to, after a long streak of just getting caught up to avoid the screwballs. Yeah, I get a heck of a finish there. Greg, you got wrecked, but it's a dominant car on long runs. Yeah, I had uh, <laughs> I had one of the best races that night going. Um, I was driving away from the field when we went when we went long run. I was driving away from the field and I just couldn't stay away from problems, I guess, and. Uh, uh yeah but um i got the problem with my race that night is i was too nice um 
I let I let a guy in in front of me um, just to get let him down and you know after restart let him down in front and then probably four laps later he touched the inside line and I went to the outside of him and I just didn't have enough room coming off the corner and I scraped the wall and it was enough to cause enough damage for me to be slow in straightaways and obviously right after that we went green for I think almost 200 laps I was riding around like that and then late in the race I got caught up in the last thing after we had a caution and I just couldn't get it back it was just I just couldn't get anything back so disappointing but um, we're hitting pretty good on the setups the last little bit here we've been figuring some stuff out and uh, I'm pretty excited going forward that's right I didn't run because I had a P5 on Wednesday, uh, around Thursday, so I didn't run. Tony Rochette, he got a P22. He said he got caught in a wreck 100 laps in. Sunday open, David, P20. Yeah, this one was disappointing. I was running in the top seven in the top split, and on the last green flag stop, um, for some reason, I guess at some point, crew chief thought I had said clear all. So I stop in the pits and don't get any service. I, and I don't realize it. I pull out and I'm like, how am I still short on full fuel? And man, I'm getting blasted by everybody and I have fresh tires. And I figure out it was just a three second stop. Did do you have a button set that you pressed by accident, you think? Um, I have buttons set up for everything individually, but I also have crew chief that can clear everything. Yeah, but it's a, you have to tell it to, right? You, it, I have to tell it to, but every once in a while, it every once in a while it'll just suddenly say it'll respond to a command that i didn't give it it'll just think i said it'll think i pressed the button and it'll think i said something and then it, and it'll say like okay i'll stop spotting for you or something like that even though i'm just you know talking on team speak so i just so i guess from now on we just check to make sure the boxes are checked because i know i've started using crew chief now too so that's obviously a lesson we got to learn just to check before you get to the pits i actually took an i had found a little spot for another sim racing apps widget and it's the it's the like pit command one th that doesn't actually do pit commands but i can see and i have it shrunk <laughs> down real small so i can't see I any of the text i don't know how you see anything on your screen there the way you have it set but well good. most of it's out of most of it's out of my view i only look at it if i look down when i'm looking ahead i don't see anything but the road right but I have a bunch of different gauges I can look down when I look down. And so this is one of them. I can look down and see if the tires are highlighted or not. Well, that fixes that. Okay. Tony got, uh, Tony Rochette got P3. Led laps was definitely top two car. Planned on fuel mileage finish. Saved, but top two had just enough to finish in front. Well, no 600 win, but I'll take a podium along with that Indy 500. ba ba -bia. Okay. <laughs> Tom Dryling got a P3. Started P33 because I didn't qualify. Worked my way into top 10, but first, uh, by the first green flag stop. Worked my way to top by second uh, green flag stop. Uh, fell down two laps due to damage from a guy coming off pit lane and going to the edge of the track. Was able to work my way back to top five. I will take it, P3. Race took under four hours, maybe a 600 win next year. Greg, uh, looks like you copy-pasted from Friday. Wrecked with a dominant car, long run. Yeah, we had a long run to start this race, if I remember correctly, and I went from 16th to the front. And I think I pulled a five-second gap till the caution came out, maybe less than five seconds, but I 
for the first 300 and something odd laps, I was just minding my own business and just every time we didn't have a great start, you know, start for the first 10 laps car. So you're trying to fend off guys and then repass them when their tires are crap. And I'm really good at saving tires. Um, and it just sucked because I think I got caught up. Oh, wait, no, this is the one I, this is the one I, I self-spun myself um, by accident and collected guys. So, so that was, this one's ma on me, but 300 and, I think it was 380 or 320, no, it's 322 laps. I had 80 to go when I did it and yeah, pissed me off, but uh, could have won, but who knows? Still looking for those, my 99th and 100th career win, so. Okay. And then Tony Groves, I think this is a 2020 best result, P2. Yeah, I think I've had another runner-up finish this year, um, but I've never done this well at the 600. And my race was friggin' long. It was, it was just shy of five hours. Uh, the first 100 laps seemed to take like three hours. Um, the, the, I think we had like 16 or 17 cautions throughout the whole race. Um, you know, finally by like, you know, lap 250, we started seeing some uh, nice long green runs. And man, like that setup was just awesome. It worked so well for me as well as, you know, a lot of the other guys on the team. And uh, I started out near the back, but it wasn't too long um, before I, I made it to the front. And I was, I ran top five for the majority of the race, but uh, due to some, <laughs> weird stuff happening on track i uh taken a little damage got most of it all fixed up but um the last one i was uh i was a lap down i was uh given the lucky dog and i go to uh you know pass by the pace car and i thought the pace car actually hit me and which is weird because it's not supposed to be able to hit you i was wondering what the hell's going on after the race i went by and checked and there was another guy ghosting himself inside the pace car. And as soon as I kind of got to the side of the pace car for the pass, he swerved down. It didn't look intentional or anything like that, but uh, he definitely shouldn't have been doing that to begin with. But I didn't even see him in there. It was, um, and there was another lucky dog that I should have got, but I didn't. I ended up losing second place. Um, at one point, the leader had lapped the whole field. Uh, my car was just down on power after getting knocked around by that guy in the in the pace car. I had nothing for the for the leader, but I was um, quite easily able to keep an, a really nice pace ahead of uh, P3. So that was a fun race. I'm glad it's only once a year. Good run. And then Chris, you got wrecked out. Yeah, my mine sucked. And the the crappy thing is, I never even really raced because I ran a couple of them and never made it past halfway so i was just kind of riding around the whole time so kind of the frustrating thing when you i don't know i don't know maybe i should change the racing style but at the same time i don't think that would have mattered like the the one sunday i was probably 10 car lengths away from the guy in front of me running ninth 10 car lengths to the guy back in 10th the lap car hits the wall come out of a corner hits the guy in front of me and i t-boned him like there's there was nowhere to go it's just uh next year Okay, let's move on to Kansas. Wednesday open. David uh, wrecked three times. Someone self-spun right in front of you. Yeah, and it kept it ha kept happening in the A opens that I was doing to prepare as well. It was just 
I counted seven times in two days just to self-spin with a guy right in front of me where there was no way for me to avoid him. And so I'm, I'm thinking, what, am I scaring these guys into this or what? I don't know. It was ridiculous. Um, so this one, I, I had that happen. I was up to 12X, and I s- still was there at the end for the last run. And the, th- and the third one happened, and I dodged him, but got loose in the process of dodging him, and, and it was a restart, and so I got collected and, and destroyed. Right. And then I think Tony ran, but he wrecked out. Uh, Greg, you were wrecked, caught up in other people's crap. Yeah, I, it was coming down to a fuel race, and I decided to go into the pit um, and get fuel just near, you know, if in case we went green for the last whole run, I would have enough fuel, and the guys out front didn't. And I got in the back, and a guy that was mouthing off to everybody else decided to wreck himself, and he took out probably... I want to say that was as big a, a wreck I, that you could have at that track. It was almost reminding me like a Talladega wreck. The wrecks have been big, have been big here. Uh, I ran. I got P17. I was the uh, uh, sucked out there. I mean, I couldn't keep the car underneath me. Um, I had no laps or practice. Uh, the car was super loose. Uh, right near the end of the run, I actually got a stop and go penalty for too many incidents. I actually had a top 10 going right up until that. Um, but I was the only one on the team to actually finish the race. Everybody else was done early. Uh, Tom Dryling, he got P26. He crashed out. He said he tried to make room for a car inside to make it three wide, and the outside car didn't make room. Tony Rochette didn't even make it to the middle of the backstretch. <laughs> the car ahead was loose on the start, hit the wall, and uh, hit him flipping and flopping all over like Dorothy and Toto at Kansas. Thursday open, P9. I'm very happy with that. I uh, extend my top 10 streak. Uh, I did run top 10 all day, but I had a horrible, horrible bad habit of spinning out almost on the first corner of every restart. I'd just go into one and the car would just step out. And I would catch it, but I'd lose 10 spots. But then I would ha- I would make them up over the next 10 laps. But that's kind of how I did every restart. With that set, the first the first time through that corner, you have to be about half throttle. You can't be full throttle or it will go around. Yeah, I wish you could have yelled at me a little more about that because I kept doing it over and over today. But uh, P9, uh, the set was much better because I think, David, you told me to tighten it up before I even got in the car. Um, and I was actually moving forward on longer runs. Um, we get 25 laps and I was passing people, which is very unusual for me. Um, but basically I was kind of like, yeah, ninth. I could have done better if I didn't, you know, screw up those restarts. So I'm looking forward to for tomorrow. Um, I'm hoping to run better. David, you got P15 in top split. Yeah, the good news is um, I'm a regular top split splitter now which is kind of kind of exciting um and this this was the first time i was well i guess the second time actually but i was really running with the leaders i i was a, i was a top 12 top 10 car the whole race um i, I had an in- incident where i got stuck down a lap because of what it's uh, when a caution came out um and on the next run i was like keeping up with 11th place and 
everybody went through their green flag. It was 80 laps to go when we started. So everybody started pitting with 40 to go and about 25 to go. There was a caution and I had, I had stayed out and got, got myself back on the lead lap and even got decent track position because I was, I was in ninth place at the, at the time the caution came out after, uh, even though I started that run a lap down, uh, the last run, we it comes down to a green white checkered and one of the guys up in the front who likes to talk all the time about how other people ruin his races when they cause cautions at the end. Um, he causes a wreck and comes back up on the track and destroys me. Um, I'm, I managed to keep it going forward, though I'm meatballed, have no horsepower, and that allows about seven cars to pass me before I get to the start finish line. So it was it, it should have been a top 10. It would have been my highest NIS finish ever. But I'll take I'll take the 15, I guess, and take another couple of shots at it. Yeah, you had a good run though, and even though the finish doesn't show it, uh, Tom Dryling P5. He said lost a couple of his positions on the green white checker. I'll take it top five. Tony Rochette wins. Woo woo! He got rear-ended early, fixed the damage, but stayed top three after that and led 25 laps. I actually went in and watched it. Uh, his final laps. Uh, let's hear him uh, take the checker here. Kansas winner. Well done. And that's what it sounded like, guys. Uh, congratulations to Tony. He's had such horrible, horrible, horrible luck where he gets wrecked out in the first corner and crap like that. And uh, for him to finally get a, a, a NIS win. Uh, and, and what was neat is he was gapping the guy in second he was pulling away he won at fair and square and he deserved to win so uh, congratulations tony tom has picked him up a couple of uh wins at le mans this week as well for running the le mans series good job tom uh let's get into final thoughts then chris scales what do you got oh got a little bit this week um we are starting to see the um <clears throat> The beginnings of the charity race come together. So it's going to be the Project K9 250. That's the battle between us and that other podcast, Burning Rubber Radio. Um, June 26th, uh, and it's going to be at Daytona. So it should be a lot of fun, like uh, that week before the 4th when you know we're gearing up for our own Daytonas. I mean, so I nice that we gave else. them a chance to be in a Daytona race with us. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna bring Landon get, with us, or I know I, I meant to say something to him at the, before we started the podcast because not only, yeah because we get him and plus he knows like everybody on iRacing so it would be a good sh- contact to try to fill out the field. Once we got the details laid out, I'm gonna say something to Alfredo as well. I think he's actually already a firm maybe. Cool. All right. All right, uh, David Hall. Final thoughts. It was uh, actually Chris. Didn't weren't you going to mention a shout out to somebody that you've met in the uh, OBRL recently? Yeah, that was one of the other things. Like, yeah, there was I had a kind of a, a laundry list and oh, um, keep going. Then. Yeah, sorry, but uh, yeah, uh, Sean Sadler. So I was um, running an OBRL practice the other a uh, couple nights ago for the truck race yesterday, and was going on about uh, uh, Elliot Sadler interview I heard, and he chimed in and and said that he was a uh, listener to the podcast and had joined the OBRL, OBRL because of um, us talking them up on the podcast. So he was a, a new member in their truck series. So he's been running the truck series, but I was I haven't been running that series this season. So 
uh, running a race to get ready for next season. So it was really cool to see him in there, and he's a fan of the podcast. And he's a cousin to Elliot, and okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those small world. All that sad, sad too, or the sad group. No, no, and you can understand everything he says. So <laughs> he, he comes. He comes from the side of the state where people actually um, speak English, I think. But yeah, and the other thing was just kind of a kind of an apology because I kind of uh, I might have wrecked uh, half of the admins when I turned Jim Westerfield at the end of the Xfinity race last Friday, last last corner, last lap. So I, I have that, but still, yeah, it was it was dumb. Have we ever figured out why they called their name their room name sad? No, no. Get, get them on and figure that yeah, out. Yeah, they did have a really good interview with him on, on Burning Rubber a couple of weeks ago. And it was, yeah, I think I talked about it on the last podcast, or maybe it was on the Aftermath, actually. But they, um, he talks about um, being new in die racing and how addicted he is now and fighting for sim time with his kids and stuff. So, yeah, he's it's bitten him hard. Okay. All right, David Hall, final thoughts. Big thank you out to uh, Landon for coming on the show. That's a, it's always exciting to have the real world crossover guys on the show. That's our second one. Um, my stream's always up. I stream a ridiculous amount, and I don't make any money off of it because my average viewers is like two. Come on there, help me out, and mainly just keep me company. Right, and you saw the kind of stream uh, that Landon has built on Twitch where he has a co whole community. David's got the beginnings of that. And so we just needed to kind of take foot and, and take off. So you guys get in on the bottom floor, get over there on Twitch. It's got to get to me. It's got to get to me first. <laughs> Greg Hector, <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, just uh, really excited to uh, keep racing here. David and I know David and I've been going back and forth about our setup this week, but um just i feel like we're getting faster and we're finding we're finding speed uh that we didn't have at the beginning of the season so that's what's really exciting for us and it's long run speed now too um uh you can come watch me race tomorrow night and sunday morning on uh twitch.tv slash frozen cactus frozen with two o's cactus with two k's um i've also been uh i picked up my first top five in uh IMSA the other day, which I was pretty excited about because I had only, I think it was like my fourth race ever uh, in the actual IMSA series. So I'll take that. Um, probably going to race some more road. Um, but yeah, just excited to get racing again tomorrow. I'm really enjoying VR and it's paying off. If it hasn't, sh it hasn't showed in results yet, but it has paid off in other ways. And I forgot to mention my stream, stream handle. It's Mage, and that's with one X and one G. There you go. And you're right about that. The setup. I mean, uh, today I was fast on long runs and you, you don't say my name in that sentence usually. And so it's all about the set and you guys are making me look good with that set. So really well done. Thank you. Tony Groves, final thought. Well, I got no real racing to talk about. We already did that in the results. I haven't done much of that. Um, but, uh, Hey, how about a shameless plug? Uh, aftermath. That is the official iRacers Lounge podcast after show. Uh, check it out every other Friday. And we're we're having a blast with that thing. Uh, lots of laughs, lots of silly rants, and, you know, whatever whatever other crap comes out of our mouths. Tony got a bell. I was going to say, check. you're going to have Tony on there again with another win. 
Bust oh. out of his there go put the bell away. The Indy five hundred winner and now he's won Kansas. Oh my god. We're gonna it's have too... to we're gonna have to rename the show uh what what track is Tony gonna win at next? <laughs> it's too bad he put in he said Kansas in that soundbite because I wanted to make that our permanent winning sound effect. No, it was it was a good good call out. Okay, uh Tony, congratulations on the P two, by the way. What a what a run at for the six hundred. Yeah, boy, I tell you, um, I, I needed that. I've been getting beat up uh, a little bit the last few races, so uh, that was that was real nice. Okay, my final thoughts. Nice to uh, hook up with Landon Castle again after uh, meeting him at a Burger King and having him buy me breakfast and doing a tweet-up before there was such a thing as a tweet-up. Uh, but, yeah, he's a cool guy, and I called him Mr. iRacing because – Man, he is all out there, man. He's he's racing all the time. He's on Twitch all the time. He's got all these special events. Man, if you're not following Landon on Twitter and Twitch, you are missing out. He is the guy to follow. So get over there. That's why we brought him on the show, guys, so you can uh, figure it out. When we go for guests, we want to go for big guests. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I raced with Dale Jr. this this week. And one of my team members asked me, well, hey, do you, you told him about the podcast, right? I'm like, no, I didn't, because I don't think that's the right format. I don't want to. He's there to enjoy himself and to race. He's not there to fill up his calendar, you know, and do stuff that he probably considers work. So I didn't ask him, but I'm looking for ways of contacting Dale Jr. Uh, he's not an easy guy to, to get a hold of. So if anybody's got some insight, let me know. Try Kelly. I've tried Mike Davis, but Kelly, that's a good idea. I haven't tried Kelly. Maybe we'll try Kelly this week. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.